0: So Isaiah chapter six. Isaiah speaking of a, a vision he saw here of heaven. It's also related by John in uh, Revelation chapters four and Revelation chapter seven of the worship that goes on in heaven. And of the glory and the, the, the power and the presence of God, uh, you know. This was Isaiah. Like he was a mighty man of God. He was a, he was obviously a very godly person, um, you know he, the Lord the Lord Spirit the Holy Spirit was upon him, and he spoke the word of God. So he you know there was very few people that the Spirit of God was upon in those times because Jesus hadn't yet come. And Isaiah, right through the 60, whatever, five, sixty-six chapters of, of the book of Isaiah, he's constantly prophesying about this Messiah, the coming one, the servant who would come. And the Lord showed him this vision in, in Isaiah chapter 6. It was in the year of King, that King Uzziah died, that I saw the Lord. He was sitting on a lofty throne. And the train of his robe filled the temple. Attending him were mighty seraphim, each having six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, with two wings they covered their feet, and with two wings they flew. They were calling out to each other, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of heaven's armies, the Lord God Almighty, the whole earth is filled with his glory. Their voices shook the temple to its foundations and the entire building was filled up with smoke. Then I said, this is Isaiah speaking, Isaiah said, it's all over. I am doomed for I am a sinful man. I have filthy lips and I live among a people with filthy lips. Yet I have seen the king the Lord of heaven's armies. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a burning coal he had taken from the altar with a pair of tongs. He touched my lips with it and said, see, this coal, this coal has touched your lips. Now your guilt is removed and your sins are forgiven. And so this was... From the fire of the altar in heaven. And remember it's before the altar in heaven. That the mercy seat is. Where the blood of Jesus Christ is placed upon. And so uh, you know. That coal of fire. Cleansed Isaiah's lips. And it's amazing to think. That a man like him. Who had already you know. uh, Prophesied and seen so much. In fact the first few chapters of Isaiah. He's really calling out the trash. That's going on. Among God's people. And I believe it's the time we did the same. And, you know, I just feel that there's that great song. uh, I have decided to follow Jesus, you know, and and so many people know it and they sing it. And yet in many of the the, the way that that the church carries on, uh, I'm talking about the, the, you know, the God's people who who have called upon Jesus in in many of the ways that, that we've been carrying on has anything but been following Jesus. And uh, here, that's what Isaiah, you know, this this great man uh, who had written all about God's word, uh, you know, and had, had proclaimed it to the people. And he said, I am filthy in the presence of God. And remember last week we read it, the Lord said, you know, you be holy for I am holy. And how can that holiness uh you know, how can we be holy? Because we're human beings. We have sin nature and human flesh that causes us to fall and trip up. But praise God. In in First Corinthians chapter two, fourteen it says, But thanks be to God. Uh, you know, who always causes us to triumph because of Christ Jesus, Amen. Uh, who can, In another place in Corinthians, I'm not sure if it's that same chapter or if it's in second Corinthians, and it says, who can save me, Paul said, from this body of sin, right. nothing that I can do can save me, but praise God for the blood of Jesus Christ that has washed me and cleansed me, and look, if he's washed me and cleansed me, And this is what Isaiah was saying as well, me being a filthy sinner in the presence of God. What hope is there for the rest of them then? You know, uh, it's what you read from this. And then Isaiah, when, when he had been cleansed, and this is, you know, symbolic, I suppose, of the way that, remember John the Baptist said about Jesus, that he will come and he will baptize you with fire. And Sometimes people think, well, he's baptized with me with fire, so I should be out, you know, a great preacher or whatever. Like, none of that matters. All the great sermons, all the great teachings, all the great, you know... Uh music ministry and and songs and whatever, none of that will matter at the end of time. All that will matter is me and my life before him and you and your life before him and them and their lives before him. And that is why we have to be, you know, that's why we have to humble ourselves. And and Jesus baptizes us with that fire. The fire cleanses, fire purifies. He says in Malachi, I sit as a smelter, uh, you know, over the smelting pot and, and and draining off the dross. And the dross gets taken off. And what you're left with is this this beautiful, pure, precious metal of gold or silver. That's how they, they remove the impurities. And it's a process. It's over time. And none of us have it all together. There's nobody has it all together. And, uh, you know, this is what happened to um, Isaiah, when his, when his lips were purified with the coal from the, the fire before God, you know, and, and, and everywhere where God's presence is, there's fire. On the mountain uh, with Moses, around the camp with the Israelites, there was fire, was the presence of God. When Elijah went up on the mountain and asked God to show the people that he was God, he is the God who answered by fire. Our God is a consuming fire. And fire consumes things. It consumes the dross. And, and right through the New Testament, Paul and others, they, they chastise the church to make sure what you're building will withstand fire. Because at the end, everything will be burnt up. People are building great kingdoms, building their own empires, building, you know, even, even ministries and all that. None of that's going to matter. What's going to matter? All the Lord is interested in is people. He's interested in souls. That's why he came. And I think that sometimes the church can get very much misdirected. And 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 that's what happens where the, the pride and the puffed upness and the rebellion comes in because we're going off on our own crusade instead of you know and I would I would challenge you to be very careful about the stuff you're listening to online. Uh, you know are the stuff that you 're listening to from, from various preachers, because many of them are in, in complete rebellion, as far as I can see. they're totally militant, a lot of them, and the stuff that they 're speaking out is, is, is grooming uh, people to be angry Christians. And I don't think that anger has anywhere, you know, in the word of God. The only time Jesus got angry was when his church was being misused. And he said, my church, my my temple shall be called a house of prayer. And um, so when Isaiah was, was cleansed with that coal, what happened? He heard this conversation that went on. I heard the Lord asking, Who was he asking? He was asking all those that were there. Was he asking Jesus? You know, Jesus stands, uh, sits at the right hand of the Father, interceding for us. You know, uh, who was he asking? And he said, Whom shall I send as a messenger to this people? Who will go for us? And Isaiah then says, Here I am. Send me. That was the fire. That's what the fire did you know, the fire caused him to be so filled with the power and the presence of God that he just wanted to to, to please God. And that he wanted to do, you know, to to give his life for whatever the Lord wanted to use him. And uh, praise God, that's what we're called to do as well. And if you'd have a look at me in, in Colossians chapter one. Praise God. God looking for? What what is the Lord looking for? He's looking for availability, available hearts. He's looking for people who are available to him, just to have fellowship with him, to minister to him, to have relationship with him, because it's out of that relationship that comes the uh, you know the purpose that you've been created for and he's created each one of us to bear fruit to bear fruit for him. Um, in Colossians 1. I, you know, Colossians is some book. 1, 2 and 3 and 4. It's, it's worth reading through it. Once every. Week or couple of weeks. Um, but here. Paul. Is saying in verse 9. Because of the. The testimonies he was getting back. About the church at Colossus. You know, from those who had been there ministering, and they were they were coming back saying, They're on fire for you, Lord. For they're on fire for the Lord, Paul. And and Paul was delighted to hear this, and he said, So we have not stopped praying for you since we first heard about you. We ask God to give you complete knowledge of his will and to give you spiritual wisdom and understanding. So what's he looking for? For God to give us complete knowledge of his will what is God's will what is God's will for me what is God's will for my life what is God's will for their lives what is his will his will is for us you know to to walk with him to be led by his spirit to be reconciled back to him that's why he's called us Paul said in Corinthians that we are ministers of reconciliation this is very important because many people are not living as ministers of reconciliation. They're living offended and they're living angry. They're living angry at, at the LGBT you know, uh, cohort. They're living angry at, at the government. They're living angry at individuals. They're living angry at other churches. They're living angry at other Christians. And I'm telling you, that is not what God's looking for and that's not his will. He said, by this will all men know that you are my disciples by your love for one another. That's not just love for, for, you know, all of us here together. We love each other. We're part of a family here. Oh, that's great. You know, but it's our love for one another, for everybody, that we are to walk in that love and that mercy and that patience. And so that's his will. And to give you spiritual wisdom and understanding. You know, this is where words of knowledge come from. This is where downloads of of. Um, great wisdom beyond our own intellect beyond our education comes from because the lord gives he he said that he reveals secrets to his beloved and so when we're in that in that intimate relationship with him where we're walking partnering remember jesus said my yoke is easy what's my yoke it's him wrapped around us and us wrapped around him and us walking together with him His burden is easy, or his yoke is easy, and his burden is light. So that everywhere I walk, Jesus walks, and everywhere I go, it's light that comes. That's what he desires for us. This spiritual wisdom and understanding. And then the way you live, say the way I live, live. will always honour and please the Lord. Always honour and please the Lord. And our lives will produce every kind of what? good fruit that's what he wants good fruit all the while we will grow as we learn to know god better and better that's what he he's so interested in every single thing that you're doing you know he's he's enchanted by you he's enraptured by you because you're his child you're his daughter you're his son uh, you know, they're his daughters. They're his sons. Do you not think that the Lord is 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 loving on those people? Maybe they don't know Him. Maybe they maybe they think that you know God doesn't exist. He still loves them. He's still for them. He's still you know wanting them to come to know Him. And that's what we need to be doing. Here I am. Send me. Use me, Lord. Let my life bear good fruit that others will know. We used to sing that song a long time ago, didn't we, in school, I think? Freely, freely you have received. Freely, freely give. Go in my name, and because you believe, others will know that I live. And he is alive. Jesus is alive. You know, sometimes the way we act, it's like that he's dead. And that there's a dead God that we're serving. We're not serving a dead God. He's alive. And he's alive inside of us. And, you know, uh, it's where life is. That's where fruit flows from. Fruit comes from something that's alive. You can't get fruit off a dead tree or off a dead plant. There's no fruit. And so he wants you to produce every kind of good fruit. All the while you will grow as you learn to know God better and better. And we also pray that you will be strengthened with his glorious power so you will have all the endurance and patience you need. Isn't that amazing? Not all the anger we need, all the endurance and the patience. And, you know, God knows you need patience with with people. You need patience with some of the stuff that's going on. You need endurance to be able to say, Lord, I thank you. You still love them. You still are, are waiting for them to come back to you. Lord, it doesn't matter what situation is going on. You have given me the strength to, to come through this and to come out of it victorious. And I will, you know, you're, you're, you're sharpening me and, and disciplining me so that my patience is being you know, honed. <laughs> Just like the way you'd sharpen an implement for the garden or, or, or something. You know, there's times where we need sharpening in the spirit. And so... That's what Paul was praying here. And so he said, may you always be filled with joy, always thanking the Father. And so thanking God, even for the smallest things, thanking him. Uh, Maybe, you know, for for some of those uh, situations that are going on in life uh, that are really aggravating to you or or that are, you know, trying to take your peace, start thanking the Lord for those people. Start thanking uh, him for their lives i think i told you that testimony about um oh i can't remember who it was now but he used to call to a nursing home and uh it was the first time actually he saw somebody raised from the dead and uh, he just went there because he used to i think maybe there was a relative of his there and he used to go and visit her and so um not sure it was andrew womack but maybe it was somebody like that and um He said that uh, one of the days when he went to the nursing home um, the nurses were kind of inside the door gathered and they said oh poor um, this lady, she she passed away and he said oh that's that's very sad or whatever and she said they said yeah they said actually would you come down and pray for her family and uh, so he he went down anyway and the, some of her family were there and and he said would you like me to pray with you and they said yes and uh, she was there dead in the you know they laid her out and all that and uh, so he prayed and he said i don't know how to pray it, it was actually i think he was taken kind of Um, by surprise and he didn't know how to pray so he just thought "Mm, Lord I I thank you for her let's say her name was was Phyllis Uh, Lord I thank you for Phyllis's life I thank you for her beautiful life Lord, I praise you for her life and for her family. And with that, the woman raised from the dead as he was as he was praying. Uh, you know, and and he said he didn't even know what he was praying. But but you see, life, and and you see the fact is is that life is living inside of us. The life of the body is in the blood, and if we have been cleansed and washed with the blood of Jesus Christ, His blood is bringing life uh, to our mortal bodies. And and uh, you know. It, we can't help but emanate life. And that's where the light comes from. He said, my, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Well, the light that emanates from him, it's, it's a light that gives life. You know, he is the light of the world. And so um, this is what the Lord wants, is is that as we thank the... So that day he was just thanking the Lord for this woman's life and she was raised back from the dead. And um, I can't remember now the, the finish of the story, but... Um, all her family were dumbfounded and all the play he said it was the first person he ever saw raised from the dead and and that's there for all of us you know that's what Jesus did he said he told his disciples go out heal the sick raise the dead uh, open the blind eyes open the deaf ears pray for the cripples and they will be healed you know and and it's the same mandate he's given to us So may you be filled with joy, always thanking the Father. He has enabled you to share in the inheritance that belongs to his people who live in the light. For he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son, who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. You know that? We live in a kingdom We live in the Republic of Ireland and yet we are only, uh, you know, we are of this world, but we're living in this world, but we are not of this world because we are of the kingdom of God. We live in a kingdom and we have a king, you know, and uh, praise the Lord. We are kingdom people. Turn around to your neighbor and say, you are kingdom people. You are kingdom people. people." Okay, now you need to go back and look at them again, see if they're a man or a woman. And you need to say, you're a princess. You're a prince. Because you are, your father is the king. Your father is the king. And so you are a prince. You are a princess. Yes, you are. Because your father is the king. And you were living in his kingdom. And so we need to shift our mindset. And the thing is, is that he wants all of his children. The Lord says that it's his desire that all men be saved and come to the knowledge of him. He wants more. That's why Jesus came, you know, to have some brothers and sisters that you know God loves his creation, He loves his people, He loves his... you're looking there yesterday at all those people, and they they all look so fabulous, and all the children looking at them, my god, they 're just beautiful, these are god 's human beings they 're his creations, they 're his daughters and his sons, the same as us, and we 'd be you know looking at ourselves in the mirror and saying, "Oh my God, look at all the lines, what I, I took a photo of somebody there a couple of weeks ago. A beautiful, the most, one of the most beautiful girls I know, uh, with a, she's a cousin of mine actually, with a, my husband, and uh, she says after, show me the picture, and <laughs> I showed her the picture, goes, oh my god, is that a bit of grey? <laughs> she saw, it. that was the first thing she saw, and I said to her, you are uh, unbelievably beautiful, what are you looking at that for? And But that's the way the world has groomed us, to look at the flaws, not just in ourselves, but in others as well. And, and see, the Lord wants us to have his eyes when he sees us. And he says, you're my beautiful daughter. You're my beautiful son. I gave everything for you to be in my family. And I gave everything for them to be in my family too. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. So, um, in yeah, the princes and the princesses. in, in uh, you can read the rest of Colossians yourself, I encourage you. Um, in Hebrews chapter, uh, Hebrews, chapter, think, five, five, <coughs> It's a, a reprimand um, a lot of Hebrews is a reprimand uh, maybe setting things straight and bringing things back into alignment um, and it's, it's uh, he goes on to say for later on I'm not sure is it in 12 that in Hebrews 12 that God disciplines those he loves and he says here on this earth you were disciplined by your heavenly, by your, your fathers and your mothers and so it's natural that God is going to discipline you in the, in the areas that need to be brought into correction. And he does. But he, God's discipline is not, you know, uh, like the capital punishment that we used to know long ago at school. God's discipline is, is gentle correction and, and bringing you back into, you know, what he has to say and, and coming to hear what's on his heart. And the thing is, is with God, you know, you need to get quiet, He says, in returning and rest, you shall be saved. In quietness and confidence shall be your strength or your salvation. So there's like a getting quiet with the Lord and saying, what what are you speaking to me, Lord? And, uh, you know, there'll be times where you, you will find that you do get a good boot up the backside. But most of the times, I don't see it like that. Mostly, Most of the times it's very gentle and it's like, just like Isaiah, you know, that, when he was in the presence of God he said, I, I'm a man of unclean lips and I live among the people of unclean lips. You know, and this is why our influence is so important. And I'm not telling you not to listen to, to preachers or teachers because there's some just wonderful men and women of God. But it, it, be careful when you start to hear militant, kind of angry, angry stuff, you need to get it, you know, and, and the closer you are to the Lord, the more you're used to speaking and listening to him. The, the, the bigger the check you'll get in your spirit at times about things that you're listening to. And uh, so this is what he was saying here in, in Isaiah, um, Sorry, Hebrews chapter five. Um, in verse five, that is why Christ did not honor himself by assuming that he could become high priest. No, he was chosen by God who said to him, You are my son. Today, I have become your father. That beautiful um, encounter that John witnessed when Jesus was being baptized and the spirit of God descended upon him as a dove and the voice of God spoke over Jesus, telling John and those who who were tuned into the spirit to hear it, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And... um, In verse six, and in another passage, God said to him, "'You are a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek.' While Jesus was here on earth, he offered prayers and pleadings with loud cry and tears to the one who could rescue him from death. And God heard his prayers, why? Because of his deep reverence for God. You know, Jesus never treated the father with contempt they say there's a saying on this earth familiarity breeds contempt and you know you see it all the time with maybe people where with human beings when you're dealing with them and that sometimes people take you for granted or sometimes people treat you quite badly because they just they know you well and they and they don't you see it there sometimes maybe in relationships where uh you know a boy and a girl are going out with each other and the boy like just bends over backwards and the girl bends over backwards to do anything you know in order to please this and then they get married and there's a sort of a a routine is entered into and sort of things can get taken for granted and um you know at times it's just that the fire can can die down and and the fire just needs to be stirred up again stir up the ashes and put in some more fuel for the fire but um you know, we Jesus never took God for granted. He never took the Father's presence for granted, and he actually came to the Father with deep reverence. And that's why he never sinned, because he just did not want to displease God. It wasn't that Jesus was some kind of uh, better, you know, more supernatural. Yes, God was his Father, and he, he didn't have man's, uh, you know, human bloodline. Uh, from the father in him but he had his fathers and so that's what he said he said I have come not to do my own works but to do the works of my father I've come to to honor and glorify your name father that's what he did he lived to please God and you know yesterday as I say on, on the coronation you saw people uh having deep reverence for uh for King Charles or for you know the the people who were involved in the the um, religious aspect of it, or you had you'd people showing reverence for the lords and ladies, um you know, and and here in in Ireland you do it as well. Uh, you know, they they'll stand up and they'll say uh, if if there's some TDs present or President Higgins or something present, they'll say you know, Mr. President, and and. Uh, or, or you know and, and you've got this sort of reverence being shown to man. well the reason that God heard Jesus's prayers was because of his reverence for him and I think that our, um, our reverence has often been skewed in that we show more reverence for men than we do for God. Uh, even though Jesus was God's son, he learned obedience from the things he suffered. In this way, God qualified him as a perfect high priest, and he became the source of eternal salvation for all those who obey him. And God designated him to be a high priest in the order of Melchizedek. Well, now, you've already told your neighbors there that you're a prince and a princess in the kingdom of God. You're actually, you know, the Lord says you're kings and priests. And so, Uh, we are, uh, because of the blood of Jesus, we have not only inherited his uh, kingdom authority and our place as God's sons and daughters in the kingdom, but we have also inherited, because Jesus is a high priest forever in the order of Melchizedek, we have inherited the anointing for priesthood. And this is not like the way that we see priesthood here on on the earth. The priesthood that we have inherited is the authority to speak in the name of Jesus and to lay hands on the sick, the authority to walk in, in reverence and in fellowship with God, <laughs> the Most High God. It, it was only the high priest who could come into the presence. Uh, in the t- in the tabernacle. It was only the high priest who could go behind the curtain. And when Jesus died on the cross, the veil was torn. And so that now God's spirit now dwells in, in human beings and not in temples made by man anymore. And so we have that um, privilege of being able to come into the presence of almighty God because we are now kings and priests. And so there is so much more, Paul said, we are... Well, I don't know if Paul wrote right? Hebrews, but anyway, whoever wrote Hebrews. There is so much more we would like to say about this, but it is difficult to explain, especially since you are spiritually dull and don't seem to listen. You have been believers so long now that you ought to be teaching others. Instead, you need someone to teach you again the basic things about God's word. You are like babies who need milk and cannot eat solid food. For someone who lives on milk is still an infant and doesn't know how to do what is right. Solid food is for those who are mature. Who through training have the skill to recognize the difference between right and wrong. Another version says who have their senses exercised. And so this is what we read earlier in Colossians about the the wisdom and the revelation and understanding and that comes from being in the presence of God because just like Daniel said he's the God who tells the secret things to his beloved. Jeremiah said it. He said call upon me and I will tell you great and mighty things that you have not known. And you know as we come before the Father in reverence and in thankfulness Look at what we've been saved from. How could we ever pay for our sins? How could we ever make ourselves right with God? And, you know, as we were saying earlier, freely we have received. Now freely we need to give. Give to others. Give them that grace. And we need to, uh, you know, like it says here, who through training have the skill to recognize the difference between right and wrong. And I think that that's an area and and whoever wrote Hebrews said it here, you're dull and you're not listening and you're still on milk and you're not on solid food. And for the way that many Christians operate with each other and treat each other, you know, uh, all kinds of of different things going on. uh, Haughtiness, pride, offence, bitterness, slander, accusation, criticizing, fault finding, murmuring, slandering, complaining, all of those things going on, that's <coughs> drinking your bottle of milk and, and waiting and, and crying and, where's my next bottle? You know. Whereas for those who have exercised their senses and have you know, started to grow, like we read in Colossians, that you will grow. <laughs> uh, you remember we read that? I'll just refresh your mind and I'll just read that sentence again for you. All the while, you will grow as you learn to know God better and better. And how are you growing? You're growing and you're producing fruit. There's life flowing. And so, uh, back to Hebrews, where it says that you will have the skill to recognize the difference, to distinguish and discern between right and wrong, and how by constant use have trained their lives. Uh, have trained themselves by constant use so it's by constant interaction with the father with his word constant relationship with him knowing that you're right with him knowing that he has made you holy he has made you holy because of the blood of Jesus so you're not some kind of a worm you're not you know uh useless you're not uh forgotten about you're not pathetic you're not a loser You're actually a king. You're a priest. You have authority in the name of Jesus. You have been given the gift of righteousness. You have been washed and cleansed. When God looks at you, he is pleased. And he loves you. Turn around again and say, God is pleased with you. God is pleased with you. He's pleased with you. He is pleased with you. you. Yeah, he's pleased with you. He's not only pleased with you, but he is proud of you. God is proud of you. And, you know, I think definitely in our culture, many people never heard that as they were growing up. In fact, they were told the complete opposite. Uh, you know, shut up, sit down and say nothing. Don't you dare. You know, in, in school, even in the school system, there was that same mentality of, of, of harsh punishment for doing anything out of line. But, you know, God is proud of you. He is he's so proud of you. Turn around again to them. They don't see. They don't believe it. Nobody's believing it. Turn around and tell them again. God is he proud of you. He is proud of you. He is you. Forward, proud, proud of you. God is proud of you. He's proud of you. <laughing> He's proud of you. Hallelujah. He is proud of you. So now, you don't go out now with a big puffed up head, but you go out with a big puffed up heart. Your heart is puffed up because your heart is connected to his heart. And allow him, start receiving from him. And start walking that way. God, you're so pleased with me. You love me. And what happens is, is that fosters reverence. And reverence fosters a disdain for sin. You don't want to do that then because you want to please the Father. You want to honor him and glorify him. And that's what you're doing. I can tell you now. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So, hallelujah. Let's break bread. Revelation 4. Um, this was what John saw in the throne room. And uh, he saw the living beings. Um, uh, he saw the 24 elders. He saw the throne. He saw uh, that there was someone sitting on the throne. Uh, in verse 3, the one sitting on the throne was as brilliant. Actually, I'll read it from the start. Then as I looked, this is a Revelation 4. Then as I looked, I saw a door standing open in heaven. And the same voice I had heard before spoke to me like a trumpet blast. And did you see those trumpeters yesterday in the coronation? You know, i was just thinking, like, so much of that is, I won't say a counterfeit of what's on in heaven, but maybe a copy of, you know, trying to copy it, but copying it from man's point of view. But, you know, there are, this is going on in heaven. There was trumpeters. And instantly I was in the spirit and I saw a throne in heaven and someone sitting on it. The one sitting on the throne was as brilliant as gemstones like jasper and carnelian. And the glow of an emerald circled his throne like a rainbow. So there's a rainbow over the the throne of God. Uh, of an emerald and I don't know if you noticed yesterday but on the, the crown that they put on King Charles there was like a few emeralds and they were like this small but you know the, the emerald is, is the rainbow over God's throne and, and he's as brilliant as, as the most beautiful um, gemstones and um, 24 thrones surrounded him and 24 elders sat on them they were all clothed in white and had gold crowns on their heads. From the throne came flashes of lightning and rumbles of thunder. You know, that's, that's because the presence of God is so powerful that, that it manifests as this thunderous uh, power of electricity. And, and So don't ever be frightened when you hear thunder and lightning. You know, that's God's voice speaking. Uh, and in front of the throne were seven torches with burning flames. This is the sevenfold spirit of God. In front of the throne was a shiny sea of glass, sparkling like crystal. In the center and around the throne were the four living beings, each covered with eyes front and back. The first of these living beings was like a lion. The second was like an ox. The third had a human face and the fourth was like an eagle in flight each of these living beings had seven wings and their wings were covered all over with eyes inside and out. Day after day and night after night, they kept on saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, the one who always was, who is, and who is still to come. Hallelujah. And, uh, Whenever the living beings give glory and honor and thanks to the one sitting on the throne, the one who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down and worship the one sitting on the throne, the one who lives forever and ever. And they lay their crowns before the the throne and say, You are worthy, O Lord our God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things and they exist because you created what you pleased. He created what he pleased. You have been created in his image and likeness. God is so pleased with you. And, and we really need to get this right in our heads to stop looking at ourselves as being substandard or being, you know, too too thin or too fat or too small or too old or whatever. This is, that's rubbish. God loves you. He created you. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. Amen. Hallelujah. And in, in Revelation 7, um, In verse 9. After this I saw a vast crowd, too great to count, from every nation, every tribe, every people, every language, standing in front of the throne before the Lamb. They were clothed in white robes and held palm branches in their hands, and they were shouting with a great roar, Salvation comes from our God, who sits on the throne and from the Lamb. And all the angels were standing around the throne, around the elders and the four living beings, and they fell before the throne with their faces to the ground and they worship God. You know, and and in order to we really need to seek God for that. Lord, let me hear what's going on in heaven, let me hear the worship. Let me hear the way they are worshipping you. And may I worship you. That's why he said you must worship him in spirit and in truth. And um, they sang, Amen. Blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and strength belong to our God forever and ever. Amen. 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 So let's break bread together. Lord Jesus, we take this bread today and we thank you that this bread is symbolic of your body that was broken and given for us so that we could be saved and so that we could be brought back to the Father as his children. And we'll just say this together. Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus thank you, thank you for, making me for making me a child of God. Child of God. Father, Father, thank you, thank you for, taking me out for taking me out of the kingdom of darkness, of kingdom of darkness. and bringing me in in, and bringing me in. in. To, the to the kingdom of your dear son, your dear son. Hallelujah. hallelujah, I eat this bread, I eat, this bread. I eat, healing. I eat healing and restoration, and restoration. In myself, in in my relationships, in my relationship relationship with you, in my my mindset, in my emotions, my heart, my physical body, body. I eat healing. healing. The life of the body body is in the blood, blood. Your your blood, Jesus, and your life. Have made the way, made the way. For, my for my restoration, and I thank you for it thank you for in Jesus' name. You can take your bread, let's take the cup together. Let's say this. Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus you, shed blood, you shed your blood, you gave your life, you gave your life and, you laid it down, and you laid it down so that I could be saved. So that I could be saved, Forgiven. Forgiven. Cleansed, cleansed and brought back, and brought back into, God's family, into God's family. As his son. As his son. As his daughter. As his daughter. In Jesus' name, name. I thank you. I I, I revere you today, Father. I worship you. you. And I thank you you for causing me me to grow grow and increase increase in my knowledge of you. you. Amen. 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 Lord Jesus, we take this cup in remembrance of your body and and your blood that was shed for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Lord Jesus, we worship you. We praise you, Jesus.